Welcome to the Lorehounds. I'm David. I'm John, and we're here with our favorite Tolkien scholar, Marilyn R. Pukila, to discuss an exciting new project she's starting. Marilyn, thanks so very much for being here. We're excited to find out what you've been cooking. You've got uh, <laughs> you've been working on this for a little while. Do you want to give us the title of your new podcast? Yes, it's called Rings and Rituals. Excellent. A, pod- a podcast exploring the ritual elements of the series Rings of Power. Very cool. So, and you've been working on this one for a little while now, right? Yeah, it's been in the back of my mind, but I've also been taking a year-long course on the histories of Middle-earth, which involved reading all 12 volumes, one per month. John, I don't even think John's done I've that. not done that, no. It's and, it's brutal. And then on top of that, having two hours a week with lecture and discussion. So that was kind of, that was filling that particular wedge of my life. Right, right. <laughs> Creative endeavors and whatnot pretty well. But on my walks and whatever, I was thinking about things. The thing that really got me going on it all was um, the ritual of the Harfoots, uh-huh. their autumn festival. Okay. You know, I kind of felt that people were misunderstanding the Harfoots from the beginning because they were talking about um, how they were so cruel and leaving people behind and social mm. Darwinism and all that stuff. That had generated a lot of discourse. It did. It did. Yeah. I was seeing it through completely different eyes because what I saw was a standard Northern European um, Samhain ritual. Okay. You know, at the end of the year, the uh, honoring the beloved dead, mm-hmm. um, remembering the year that's passed, preparing for the year to come, and a means of comfort for the losses in a very, very harsh life. Mm-hmm. It was clear that what they did and had to do when people were so injured they couldn't travel was for the sake of the survival of their tribe. Right, right. And that just kind of went over people's heads altogether. And and that kind of frustrated me. And I thought, well, mm. maybe maybe somebody should, um, you know. Talk about that. Fill them, fill them in a little <laughs> bit and tell them what what you could also see. Right. And where that thinking? comes from and where the maybe the writers have exactly. sourced that material and, and are giving a, exactly. a historical context to that kind of stuff. Now, you're going to be doing this podcast with another co-host. Yes. I asked a friend and colleague, Dr. Sarah Brown of Signum University, if she'd be willing to do this with me. And she said, yes. Yay. Great. Lovely. So And there will be listeners may know her because she's on the Prancing Pony podcast Rings Wrap Up. Rings of Power, yeah. Right, which was the Prancing Ponies Rings of Power specific podcast. And I I listened a lot to that. And I think that helped me a lot when John and I were first doing our Second Age podcast, which was our very first podcast so long ago. I remember. (laughs) I wrote to you about Barovians. Yeah, they led me through my first read-through of the Silmarillion many years ago. Yes, Uh, yes. uh, They're very good at that. It was very cool. So I'm glad that you've got some some prancing pony friends, some prancing friends, I don't know, joining you <laughs> on your journey through Middle Earth. It's it's going to be really great to hear some new conversations coming from you, Marilyn, and uh, and from your co-host. Yeah. Well, and I'm hoping to invite guests. I mean, we want to go episode by episode, and there's more material in some episodes than others. So to kind of try and make them all approximately the same length. I figured for it's, the really short ones, invite somebody in to talk about um, the sociology of ritual, mm-hmm. right? And I know a fellow Lorehounds Istari who I'm going to invite and see if he's willing to spend some time with us on that. 
Great. Um, so yeah, why don't you pitch the show a little bit? Why don't you tell us a little bit more about actually how the show is going to work? How many episodes and and you're going to do one for each of the Rings of Power series? Are you going to do some stuff in front and behind that? Well, there's going to be a, a starting episode, an introductory episode okay, in which we talk about and this what, is the introduction what, to the introduction, it's, <laughs> if you will. This podcast right this now. Bo- right now. This, 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 yes, this yes. recording. Um, talking about what do we mean by ritual? And then listing the questions that we're going to ask of each ritual that we see. So, you know, what is the content? Um, what is the intention? Who's doing it? And what does it tell us about that culture? Mm-hmm. So if you think about, um, you know, the first episode we see, well, the very first thing we see and r- that is a ritual in my version, my understanding is all of Galadriel's troops kneel down and put their swords down. That is a ritual statement of we are no longer following you. Mm, okay. So, you know, how, how would you describe that? It's very hier- hieratic. It's, it's very formal. It involves body position. It involves... Uh, releasing of the tools that you're using that the you have brought your swords to support her you're no longer doing that you're putting your swords down Mm -hmm. you know very small very short um and yet already you know a fair bit about Elvish culture got it because they're not just saying we're out of here right right there there is a a formality there is a ritual about it so basically a ritual is something that's done repeatedly uh, with intention to either mark a change or to bring about a change. It does not have to have anything to do with religion or spirituality, though it often does. Right. So brushing your teeth can be a ritual. You, know, you do it regularly. You do it with intention. Um, maybe most people don't think that much about brushing their teeth, of course. But <laughs> I have my yeah morning ritual. I, I don't look at my phone when I first wake up. I, yeah. I, I go, go do a couple of things. I get a cup of coffee. David mm-hmm. had his pinky up when he said that, by the way. <laughs> I don't look at my phone when I wake up. I don't up. look at my phone. Oh. I sit down and I drink some coffee. Then I consume my social media. <laughs> and so what do you accomplish by that? Mm-hmm. What's I, the intention behind? Yeah, that's a good question. Ignoring your phone, drinking your coffee, mm-hmm. you know, all the steps that you just mentioned. Right. And then what does that tell us about David? Right. That he's a... <laughs> pretentious pinkies. <laughs> Pinky or waving. somebody who values his state of mind, who values um, a thoughtful awakening. <laughs> right, with an eight-year-old that we've got to get off, bundle off to get to school. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, with my one and three-year-old, every every wake-up is a panic. Of course. Of course. But I'm it, sure you have. I'm awoken with a yell every morning. <laughs> I'm sure you have bedtime rituals. Oh, I sure do. Yeah. We we do our search for the teddy bear. Mm-hmm. Um, she yells, bear, and then we find him. And then uh, we read some books and we're mm-hmm. teeth brushed and we're in our bed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that creates a container, a cocoon, if you will, that reinforces itself over time. And if that ritual is disrupted, I'm sure that there are Oh, she'll know. She's like, oh, no, we didn't search for bear tonight. Let's go find bear. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So it conveys meaning. Mm. It gives a structure to life. Mm -hmm. It it also helps transition from being awake to being asleep. 
that can be a very scary right. transition. State change, right? Yeah. Change of state. Especially for little yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah. That's a big yeah. deal. And intentional, done with intentionality. And I'm thinking we're recording this in December and there's lots of ritual that's going on in this month all oh, over the world, yeah. depending whatever your faith uh, beliefs are. There's still so many things, even in a secular standpoint of bringing the calendar year to a close and mm -hmm. all of that. And then the new mm -hmm. year, and what does that mean? And there's mm -hmm. lots of ritual around all of that stuff. Yeah. In the Northern hemisphere, we're, we're moving into the dark time of the year. It may be a time of hardship for some, there may be other things going on. And so, as you say, even if you're not religious, marking that transition time, accepting where you are now, means you might be a little more gentle with yourself when it comes to, I just don't have the energy for that. Mm. Or mm -hmm. um, thinking about past celebrations and people who you loved who are no longer with you, honoring your beloved dead in that way, you know, remembering mm. that, you know, Aunt Susan always insisted that she was the one who put the star on top of the tree or, you know, Uncle Hiram said, well, you've got to turn your dreidel just like this or it's not working. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and then in the Southern Hemisphere, of course, they're approaching the time of recognizing that they're at the peak of the sun, the greatest strength. And now they have to move into a time of increasing darkness. Right. And so what does that mean? Are you going to have a good harvest? Are you going to have enough stored away for the winter? Of course, people in the North are asking similar questions at the same time because they're in the middle of it. And in terms of... Um, don't forget the equatorial. They're, right. They're, they don't right. change that much uh, sun-wise over the course of the year. It's just a few minutes either side. Right, right, so right. There's a whole different thing that's going on there. But there's a regular pattern that yes, um, Northern Europeans established, yeah. um, particularly contemporary pagans called the wheel of the year mm -hmm. and this, what's that the wheel of <laughs> the wheel of what of what yeah go ahead go ahead and this is why i resonated so much with the harfoot ritual because it is a classic Samhain ritual honoring beloved dead recognizing the third and final harvest when the fam when the animals that were not going to make it through the winter either because of old age or you didn't have enough feed for them were slaughtered and salted down and you recognize the, the growing darkness and you told your stories and you sang your songs and you remembered those who were no longer with you and you affirmed that they were still a part of your community. We mm -hmm. will wait for you. So it makes connections even with those who are no longer with you. This is an interesting thing in this space that we're doing in this with our podcasts in general. I don't, you know, we're not, it's not that we're necessarily critics, we're fans, we're discussing, we're, we're sort of in this community, but one of the things that we, we are doing different, not, I don't want to say differently in our podcast, but one of the things that I find more enriching about at least where the Lorehounds stuff is, is that we're examining narrative and we're looking at narrative across properties, be it a book or a TV show, which is our the majority of our stuff or our movies at times. And we're looking, oh, I remember in this show, it reminds me of that show, these kinds of things. Because we are narrative creatures. We know ourselves through stories. Yes. The story of my life is in my head, and it is the thing that I remind myself of, of who I am each and every day. Mm -hmm. And and those rituals are those things maybe that we hold on to, that we sort of pull ourselves through time, right? The rituals tell us who we are. Mm -hmm. Boy, there's a quote in Hogfather that we're about to record right after this <laughs> yes. that really speaks to this. Yes. Oh, really? And I know Marilyn has it in her notes. And I kind of <laughs> want her to pull it in here. 
But that's so, the beauty of the the lorehound sort of integrated, right? We're we're swir- swirling around in, in all of these different things. Mm-hmm. So is this the one it's, about why we tell stories? Yes. Okay. Yes. Why we have fantasy? Give me a minute. There's like it's such an apt quote here, and I was like, man. All right," said Susan. "I'm not stupid. You're saying humans need fantasies to make life bearable. Really? As if it was some kind of pink pill." No. Humans need fantasy to be human. To be the place where the falling angel meets the rising ape. Tooth fairies? Hog fathers? Little... Yes. As practice. You have to start out learning to believe the little lies so we can believe the big ones. Yes. Justice. Mercy. Duty. That sort of thing. They're not the same thing at all. You think so? Then take the universe and grind it down to the finest powder and sieve it through the finest sieve and then show me one atom of justice, one molecule of mercy. And yet, death waved a hand, and yet you act as if there is some ideal order in the world, as if there is some some rightness in the universe by which it may be judged. Yes, but... People have got to believe that, or what's the point? My point, exactly. You need to believe in things that aren't true. How else can they become, said Death. Very good. That, that's the that's the pinnacle of the book, and it's so good. It and, absolutely uh, is. Yeah, I mean, now now I'm excited to talk about Hogfather. <laughs> right. my, just, my point is... Wait, well, just a quick setup, too. That's the importance too. of <laughs> right. fantasy, right? Yeah, yeah, and just to say, John and, and Marilyn, you guys are about to record a special December Hogfather uh, uh, podcast. So this is going to come out after that. So if you want to find this podcast and have uh, John and and uh, Marilyn walk you through the Hogfather stuff by Pratchett, right? Terry Pratchett. Uh, Terry Sir Pratchett. Terry Pratchett. Go back into our feed and and find the uh, Hogfather episode. And so. happy Hogwatch to you. <laughs> yes. I started to try oh, to watch the, oh, oh. the show the other <laughs> night, but... The free thing that I was trying to watch it on was too many ads, and I don't know. Oh, blah, blah, that's blah. so annoying. Yeah, it is. Anyway. It's already chopped up enough as it is, the, the, the TV version, without chopping it up further. So back to Rings and Rituals. So you're going to do um, uh, basically an episode-by-episode episode analysis. You've got a little formula, a little tool, a little analytical tool to examine all these things, and then you're mm-hmm. going to have sort of a a bigger conversation about this particular ritual, where it came from, what it means, where do we see it in our everyday life, the, these kinds of uh, conversations. Mm-hmm. You could call it the ritual test. Okay. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, And you're with, uh, who's your co-host, Sarah Brown? Sarah Brown. Yes. Right. Yes. So the Brown Pukila test or something. I don't know. John, okay. John's our wordsmith. So you, you can we'll come we'll, up with we'll something. See. We'll see. Yeah. We'll we, 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 gotta, we can't have two tests with Pukila in the name. Otherwise, people are going to get all confused. We'll <laughs> That's see. right. The one or the two. All right. right. All right. Fair enough. Well, well, and then there will be an introductory episode. Right. To talk about, you know, the, how we're defining ritual and the sorts of questions we'll be asking, and then we'll apply it to rituals that appear in the legendarium. Okay. Which a lot of people would say, well, Tolkien doesn't have rituals. And it's like, well, actually, yes. All three of the master works do contain various rituals. I mean, just think of the Hobbit's birthday parties. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Full of ritual. Right. Can we be human without ritual? I don't think we can. Interesting. 
I don't think we question. can be human without telling stories. Right. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Much better, yes. <laughs> so this is a, this is actually really exciting. This is a, a little bit bigger of a uh, scope than I was initially thinking. So, you know, maybe we can uh, take what you've learned out of this and apply it in, in a broader range as the Lorehounds continues to podcast about all these things. I'm really looking forward to your first episode. Well, thank you. And I wanted to do it because I wanted to look at Rings of Power in its own terms. Mm-hmm. There's problematic stuff for everybody, and that will vary widely depending upon whether or not you're wedded to the original texts or, you know, uh, acting as your thing or whatever it happens to be. But I wanted to look at what I saw the, the showrunners showing us about how they conceive of all these different cultures. And ritual is a great signif- signifier of culture. Right. Very good. Super exciting. So we are going to put this little conversation out across all of the feeds. And if you're interested in uh, hearing um, rings and rituals, search. we'll put a sh- link in the show notes, or you can search for rings and rituals, lorehounds, and you should be able to find it in your uh, podcast player of choice. And um, we'll uh, we'll keep you posted as the development goes. Join us on our Discord server. We'll set up a special channel just for rings and rituals for conversations there. And we're going to set up an email for you, rings at, well, rings and rituals mm-hmm. at thelorehounds.com. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll put show, links in the show notes for all of those kinds of things. John, any uh, any additional thoughts? I'm just super excited to see it. Yeah. Or hear it. It's yeah. not a visual podcast, but I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> well, thank you, gentlemen, because that really is very encouraging. And listeners, I really hope that you will write in with questions and right. observations because, as, as I said, in some episodes, you know, there really isn't a whole lot for just that one episode. But right. there's lots of other things we can bring in. And I would love to have so many uh, responses from listeners that uh, we have to do an entire episode just on feedback. I mean, that would be delightful. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would be good. Marilyn, I don't think that I've ever had a conversation with you where I was like, we should have gone longer because <laughs> we... <laughs> I mean, I, I'd love to talk longer, but I just mean like, I've never had a conversation where I'm like, we need to fill out some space here. You know what I mean? You and I could always, <laughs> I and I think we all could with you because you, you have fascinating things to say. We all could fill out a lot of space if we had to. So I'm not worried about the content of these podcasts. I'm sure they will be chock full of goodies for anyone at any level of Tolkien fandom. Oh, thank you, John. That means a lot. That's great. Okay. So search for rings and rituals in your podcast player of choice, and we will see you there or on our discord or by email to Marilyn and Sarah. Thanks so much, Marilyn. We're really excited for this. Thanks for, you know, spending some time with us and, and doing this. Well, thank you for making it all possible because I sure couldn't do it by myself. Our pleasure. We'll make a professional. Well, you. this is. This is your debut as a professional this is my podcast. Ah! So we've, we've minted another podcast. Do we get little angel wings or something like that? I don't so know. listeners, <laughs> be kind, be gentle, and be engaged if you can. 